You are listening to Three Kitchens, a member of the Alberta Podcast Network. Locally grown, community supported. Join your hosts, Aaron Walker, Heather Dyer, and Sarah Somasundaram for some good old home cooking. With PodPower, our sponsors are making it possible for us to amplify the voices of Albertans and Alberta podcasters. This episode, Edmonton Community Foundation is helping us give a PodPower shout out to Your Forest is a podcast about the natural world. Hearing stories about the environment, renewable resources, conservation, forestry, hunting, fishing, and more. This is a podcast for those who cannot live without the joys and wonders of all wild things. Find Your Forest wherever you get your podcasts or at yourforestpodcast.com. That's yourforestpodcast.com. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Three Kitchens Podcast. I'm Erin Walker, hosting you through this fun and exciting episode. Ooh. And I am joined by the wonderful and lovely Sarah Somasundram and Heather Dyer. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Nice <laughs> introduction. Good morning, yep. friends. She's really Good setting morning. the intention. Yeah. Wonderful. And something Lovely. else we are. Lovely. Lovely. All the positivity. See? That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I dreamt that we recorded this episode. So I woke up and I'm like, did we already do this? <laughs> uh, did we talk about Aaron's recipe? Because I feel like we did. And so. Oh, weird. no. <laughs> well, we'll see it- if your dreamt ideas match my ideas then. <laughs> I don't recall the specifics. I just feel like we've done this. It's like a weird deja vu moment. Oh, no. Anyway, it's fine. It's fine. It's just a crack in the matrix. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Careful. (laughs) Don't tempt the universe. Uh, And speaking of sort of strange occurrences, well, the occurrence is not strange, but I was going to tell you guys, I don't know if you've seen this. So, you know, Salvador Dali. The Mm -hmm. artist, big fan, really weird, surrealist stuff, right? Mm -hmm. His art. Well, in 1973, did you know he published a cookbook? No. (laughs) What? (laughs) Yeah. Les Diners de Gala, which is like the dinners of Gala was his wife. And apparently they used to throw these very crazy dinner parties with their friends. I would assume. And people were required to dress up in like costumes and they had like animals that were roaming around like wild animals, not wild. They were obviously tamed, but they were like, like from a zoo or something really weird stuff during their parties. And so he wrote, he wrote and illustrated a cookbook to um, kind of feature the types of dinners they had laid in there to gala. And it went out of, it only, I think they only did a small kind of print run. And then, so that was in 73. And then in 19, no, not 19, 2017, I believe it was reprinted. Okay. And wow, like... I need to get my hands on that. Crazy shit. (laughs) Did he draw pictures of of the food? Well, it's stuff like this. Can you see? Oh my gosh. So she's got like peas and carrots in her brain. She's got cookies for hair. She's sitting, it's her head that's in a bowl of something. Oh my God. Weird stuff. And this is the kind of thing that's in the cookbook. Let me just, there's one particular- Mm-hmm. I will try I to describe amazing. it. Okay. So it's like a plate with a woman 
she looks like kind of a Victorian or something style woman with no arms. Blood is shooting out of her shoulders where her arms should be. Her dress is made of lobsters and she's standing on a pile of dismembered dead bodies. Uh Okay. Like that is in a cookbook. (laughs) That's the dinner. What the heck? What's like flying why? around? Are those worms that are flying around Ew. above her head or they maybe look like organs? They look like they might be. It looks like a red worm. <clears throat> yeah, I don't know exactly what it That's is. That's where he's lost me. <laughs> That's where he lost me. Not the dismembered yeah. bodies, but the fucking worms. <laughs> yeah. And here, like he puts photos of himself into like a painting of like food and oh like my just, gosh you know it's what kind of what it's you so expect yeah. of oh my god but in a cookbook and then there's some actual photos of food which is kind oh, of weird are. so okay but it's all set up in a weird in weird oh, oh, right. ways <laughs> it's not your typical um, plating <laughs> so it's quite a huge book i think there's like 12 chapters I'll just tell you, like, based on this article I'm looking at in mm-hmm. uh, thisiscolossal.com, there's a number. You could just Google it and you'll see a number mm-hmm. of articles where people have written about it. Mm-hmm. Toffee with pine cones, which just sounds Toffee with really pine cones. like crunchy. what the weird. Um, a bush of crayfish in Viking herbs, whatever that is supposed to mean. <laughs> Marinated fillet of gilt head. I assume a gilt head is probably some sort of fish. But I mean, like, why would you look at that and go, yeah, I'm going to pick some of that up at the store. Like, just weird. There is apparently an entire uh, chapter on aphrodisiac. I don't see any of those recipes in this article, but I can imagine the kind of weird stuff and weird. I have looked. (laughs) That's so so interesting, though, if he had a partner who was you know, the same as just as eccentric. And enjoy this kind of stuff. That would be really fun. We should have a masquerade party. Why did that go out of style? Like I love dressing up and I like kooky parties. We yeah. need to have a dolly mm-hmm. party. <gasps> dolly? What's da- dolly? Dolly. Oh, dolly. Oh, I... dolly. Dolly. For some I... reason when you said it, I thought like Dolly Parton. <laughs> 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 I just heard an interview with her, oh so that's God. weird. See, I know Matrix. she's everywhere right now. Yeah, she, she is everywhere right now. And I she love Dolly, book, right? She just yes. wrote a book. I love Dolly. Uh, that's what it is. Yeah. So now you can buy his cookbook, but I think you can also possibly pay to download the PDF file. Uh, right. Because I tried to, I wanted to look at it, but right. there was a paywall, and I was like, mm, I'm not sure I really want to pay. <laughs> Did you that? see how much these cookbooks are going for? Yeah, what's the I price? Oh, good question. I don't I just want to see what exorbitant. <laughs> nice that he named it for his wife and not mm-hmm. for himself. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm seeing hardcover $70 oh, Canadian. Not, it's not insane. Okay. It's not ridiculous. but Oh, and Dolly also has apparently also has one called the Wines of Gala. I'm not sure what's in that Ooh. one. But anyway, I would say for about $70, you could probably buy yourself a coffee. Centric cookbook that probably you would never cook from. That sounds like the yeah, best coffee table book. I would say, yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, it's more than just a cookbook for sure. Yeah. It's oh, not, yeah. It's I art. don't think anyone's buying it really for the recipes. I yeah. think they're buying no. it for the artwork and entertainment yeah. value. Oh my yes. gosh. Apparently he had declared as a small child that he was going to be a chef. That was like his ambition. That's cute. Okay. Creative, right? (laughs) He was quite successful. I like people who let their freak flag fly and just go for it. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. 
All right. Erin's going to actually tell us about some interesting food. That's I'm not, not sure how to segue into this one, yeah. but <laughs> I'm going to cook some meat. I'm going to make a recipe that I found on the foodandwine.com website. It's called beef tenderloin with pickled onions and pink peppercorns. Oh, it's beef tenderloin. It is a beef tenderloin. Mm. Yum. So I'm really excited because we purchased some meat direct from a rancher. So we Mm. got a quarter of a cow. And I remember at one point we got a cut list of all the different things that we were going to be getting that has long since disappeared. It all went into my freezer. We know how that goes. And so we purchased a an upright freezer so that we can get access to things better and as we moved meat from old freezer to new freezer I came across a tenderloin which I didn't know I had nice and I was mm. like "Ooh, should I go and do the tenderloin that Heather made because I really loved that which one the Wellington the beef Wellington oh. yeah yeah that was so tasty and I was like oh I'm, I'm gonna do that it's gonna be great I was and then I came across this recipe in addition to the fact that I have a bottle of rosé wine that I don't know uh-huh. what to do with <laughs> yeah. besides drink which yeah. she doesn't besides I mean I'm sure you can drink it <laughs> I'm sure yes, you, can. you can I'm sure that's what people <laughs> generally do with a wine Because that's not my bag. I started Googling how to cook with rosé. And then I realized, I don't know what the heck rosé even is. Hmm. So uh, it is not the pink lemonade of wines. (laughs) Mm -hmm. The story of pink lemonade is that somebody dyed the lemonade pink with like their clothes. It was just regular lemonade that like. Ew, that sounds terrible. Throw a red sock in there? They put a red sock in essentially. (laughs) Nobody put a red sock in the wine batch. Don't worry. Okay. So so what is rosé? It is more of a classification of wine, like red and white. Uh, The name does not tell you the type of grape that was used, which is, you know, a Chardonnay or a Merlot. Mm -hmm. Those are the the names of the grapes that are used. Whereas rosé is, it's usually a blend most of the time, unless it lists exactly what grapes they use. So it's made using any red wine grape. When they crush and mash the grapes, um, they go through and they remove the skin within a few hours or a few days because it's the skin that gives the color of the Mm -hmm. rosé. So depending on the time that it sits and ferments with the skin in, it changes the darkness of the color. That's why you can get really light ones or really dark ones. So that's my rosé learning. Most people enjoy it in the summer, cooled and with ice. They recommend to make ice cubes out of the rosé so that it doesn't dilute your rosé when you're enjoying yeah, a like, glass in the sun. I don't yeah. like likes water ice wine. in my wine. No, no. But chilled wine will be nice. Chilled, yes. Yeah, but... And they say if you make the ice mm-hmm. cubes out of the wine. Totally, that smart, makes sense. Smart, Yeah. It keeps it night a perfect temperature for Great sipping. idea. Smart. Yeah. yeah. It's so... good year round, let's just say. Okay. It doesn't need to be a hot day. <laughs> so that's that's what I learned about rosé. So this beef tenderloin with pickled onions and pink peppercorns, we're going to tie it and season it, the tenderloin. You rub it with oil and bake it in your oven. And then while you do that, you make your pickled onions. And then you're going to take this bottle of wine and you're going to make a rosé sauce. And that's really all I have to say about that. For now. For now. <laughs> Until I jump into this. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm not really sure what's going to happen with all of this. This episode of Three Kitchens is brought to you by ATB. At ATB, we make banking work for you. 
With expert and practical advice in everyday banking and investment planning expertise and management services with ATB Wealth, you can be confident that you're making smart choices when it comes to your money. We have a history of doing what's right for our clients, especially when times are tough, because ATB was built to help Albertans. For more information, visit atb.com. All right. Well, welcome back, everybody, to this tenderloin rosé experience. <laughs> this was like really scary to do. I just want to say I, I had stopped by Heather's uh, before I cooked it. And I was discussing how I was freaking out about cooking red meat because lately my red meat meals have been a failure. And my kids have let me know that. <laughs> oh, they're such <laughs> lovely little they're, people. Aren't they're they? not the gentlest when it comes to giving their criticisms let's just put it that way no (laughs) kids are always very blunt why didn't you make the nice moist meat mom (laughs) (laughs) yes I tried to make this terrible (laughs) right (laughs) come on guys anyway I'm happy to say that this was a successful first beef tenderloin cooking process for me so I will cook a Mm -hmm. beef tenderloin again please do okay (laughs) we're starting right there I'm starting right there because we get these cuts of meat from the farm butcher dude guy (laughs) that guy oh that guy right I know that guy he's great actually I know a gal who knows a guy so I don't even have a connect anyway so I thawed this out in the fridge overnight so I opened it up and realized it wasn't tied yet and I was like oh so I get to learn how to tie a piece of meat so luckily I had cotton string or butcher's twine it just is anything that's 100% cotton and I looked up online and I watched Martha Stewart talk about how she just loves it's just so much fun to tie up a tenderloin (laughs) right it is Martha Stewart is just I I think I get her quirkiness more and more as time goes on yeah, anyway. yeah, I like her more and more yeah. for sure. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she had this great video just saying how much fun it was. So it actually was pretty easy to do. So did you tie it up into a log then? Yes, it was a nice tender yeah. log. There's a picture, so maybe that will help. The point of tying it is because the end can be kind of um, a smaller mm-hmm. size than the other end, and mm-hmm. you want it you want it to be kind of uniform so it cooks roughly at the right. same so that it can cook more evenly and you don't have that little end that's going to be overcooked. Yeah, because it's smaller. Mm-hmm. Thank you for explaining that. For and that's me, all I know about that. I know Martha would probably <laughs> explain it better. <laughs> and how much fun that would be. And Martha, it's very fun. I'm sure she was sort of like fun. Such an so enjoyable fun. thing to do. Because she's so like calm. Like this oh, is man. so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She truly that's, enjoys. That's really what it is. Yeah. <laughs> this point it was mostly thawed although I could tell it was still semi-frozen in the middle and so I just salted it let it sit on the counter for most of the day just to come to temperature and totally thaw so while your meat is sitting there and the salt is dissolving into it you want to start making your quick pickle with your onions so Mm -hmm. just in a bowl you mix together uh, raspberry vinegar uh, sugar and salt mix that up until it dissolves slice up your onions pop them in there and they just sit on the counter and it says stir frequently it says you should let them sit for about an hour mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it was probably hour and a half two hours whatever they just yeah. sat on the counter and pickled as I did the rest okay I feel like the anxiety I had last night while I was doing this I uh I was <laughs> so anxious about this 
<laughs> so I had to preheat the oven to 350 and then you rub the tenderloin with oil before you put it in and you move your rack in your oven to the lowest level of the oven. Once your oven comes to temperature, you pop it in down there and it says roast it for about 40 minutes or until an instant read thermometer registers at 125 for medium rare. Okay. Maybe this is why my red meat has been failing lately because I borrowed Heather's instant read oven thermometer with the magnet and the little cord that goes in your oven and mm -hmm. perfect. It was about 37 minutes that it spent in the oven. So it's time estimate was almost perfect. And it beeped at me. I took it out. I let it sit. It says transfer to a board and rest for 30 minutes. And I was texting you guys going, Oh my God, do I cover it up or not? Or do I wrap it? Or what do I do? So I tented it with foil and popped it on the cutting board and let it sit for 30 minutes. While it was in the oven, I made the rosé sauce. And so mm -hmm. a whole bottle of rosé plus two tablespoons of sugar is reduced down to about half a cup. Wow. Oh, wow. Okay. It took a bit longer than the meat did in the oven to reduce the rosé. Mm. Okay. And so once the rosé is reduced down to about half a cup, you take a quarter cup of the pickling liquid that your onions have been sitting in and you okay. add it into there and then you make a little cornstarch slurry to thicken it up slightly and and then that's when you add your pink peppercorns into mm -hmm. the mix uh you stir it until it's thickened up a little bit and then it's good to go so it's not a super thick sauce and then slice up your meat which i was very happy was maybe a bit more medium i think i could have gone for less time and i should also explain about my pink peppercorn deal because when I was looking at this I kept going oh I think I really need these pink peppercorns but I didn't have time to go and search them out so yesterday afternoon right. I drove around and was looking for these pink peppercorns and not finding any but then I noticed at co-op they had a peppercorn medley that had ah. all the types of peppercorns oh. in there did you pick them out <laughs> <laughs> I looked at it and was like or how many jars of this am I going to need to get about a tablespoon of pink peppercorn so I bought two jars of peppercorn medley and I picked out the pink peppercorns <laughs> <laughs> but it worked great it got me my right. tablespoon and mm -hmm. as, as it just so happened I was also running low on my grinding regular peppercorn mix there you go not a huge it's deal you don't have to source it out you don't have to go find just pink peppercorns you just have to buy the medley and spend a few minutes <laughs> sorting now, through it do either of you know if there's a difference in the taste between those peppercorns like what's in the medley black pink and what green or something and white i think black oh, white. white and pink do they taste different? So here's the deal with pink peppercorns. Okay, tell me. So the pink peppercorn is not related to the, mm. the black and white peppers that we get. It's a different plant. Oh, okay. So they just resemble peppercorns. They're actually not a peppercorn. Oh. They have a peppery flavor, but they're members of the cashew family. Mm. And if you have a nut allergy, don't eat them because it will cause... Oh, interesting. Okay. People who have tree nut allergies... Okay, so it's not really a sub, you can't really sub regular peppercorn and have it taste the same because it's not a peppercorn. It's not a peppercorn, right. although it does have a peppery flavor. Right. And right. I would say like yeah. it, 
I was crunching and biting them and they were a lot milder. They had the peppery flavor, but not, they weren't making me sneeze because, you know, pepper makes me sneeze usually. (laughs) Right. But I didn't know if it was because they were in the sauce, like maybe they had cooked a bit and that changed them somewhat. Because I don't think I've ever had a pink peppercorn in anything that I'm aware of. And so I wasn't sure because yeah, just crunch, you're just crunching on those things. And it wasn't like a hit of like, no, it was a mild, very mild pepperish flavor. Very mild. But it it reminded me a lot of white pepper more than black Mm. pepper. Okay. So tasty. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. That's your uh, Wikipedia lesson on pink peppercorns. Nice. Thank you for that. (laughs) And you can just pick them out of the spice mix. (laughs) Well, they shouldn't fool people by putting those in the peppercorn. They shouldn't call it a peppercorn. (laughs) You should call it something else. How many people would know that it it could be a tree allergy trigger? Yeah, that's very kind of dangerous. Yeah. I ran these over to you last night because I was so excited. I gave you both a cut from each end of the roast. Oh. So the one side that was the thicker side and then the other side that was thinner. So one was the the redder, more medium cut. And then the other one was the, I would call it pretty well done on the other side. So I open Reviews? the floor up to you. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I thought the meat was well done, but it was so beautifully cooked. This is what has surprised me about beef tenderloin from both of you. When you made the Wellingtons, Heather, and what you did this time is that even when it's cooked more, it's still tender. Yeah. Like, I really love that. And and then the onions and that that rosace, oh my God, it was just decadence yeah. for me. I, it was so good. It was like sitting at a restaurant and eating restaurant quality food. I loved it. <laughs> I loved it. Loved Yay! it. Little golf and- clap. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or we could do we could do snacks like for poetry because if that was poetic, oh, <laughs> cheesy. <No. laughs> but um, so I recently made pickled onions. Yes, uh, a few weeks ago for Super Bowl. Yours was so much better, and I'm definitely going to use that recipe because the one that I made had lime juice in it, and ah. I don't really like I don't really like that taste. But what you ha- oh so good. It was the raspberry vinegar. It's a raspberry flavored red wine vinegar. So and a red good. onion. And the red onion is yeah. Yeah, that, I think that makes a difference. It's not a white yeah. onion. I used a red onion too, but the lime yeah. didn't work out for it. That raspberry mm. vinegar was oh so good, so good. I really you could really totally like that. Restaurant. I have one dish to serve. <laughs> <laughs> That's. Hey, maybe that's all you need is a signature dish. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I ate it cold. I had just finished dinner when Aaron showed up at my door and I was like, okay, I need to just wait a little bit. Cause I was full of, we had meatballs. Oh, <laughs> and then, um, but I was like, well, I'm, I need to eat it tonight. Cause then we were recording today. Mm-hmm. So I just kept it in the little, the little cup that Aaron gave it to me in, and I just poured the sauce over it. And then I just, oh man, like it was, so it was yeah. cold. But it was, I almost, I don't think I'd have wanted to eat it warm. I loved it so much. That cold beef with the, it was like a salad. Like I want this on greens twice a week. Sign me up. (laughs) 
<laughs> I want it on the regular rotation, please. I, I volunteer as tribute. Yeah. <laughs> Feed me this twice a week and I will be a happy lady. I, that yeah. was to me like perfect, perfectly so cooked. Good. The onion, which I was a little, I wasn't exactly sure because I'm not a big fan of like a raw onion. And I'm not sure I've ever, I mean, I've had pickled onions that were good, but it wouldn't be something that I was like, mm, I'm going to make some pickled onions. But right. that was delicious. And yeah. all together, like I was trying to get mm. beef, onion, peppercorn on every little bite because you have to have it all together. Yeah. That crunch with the peppercorn and the tender beef, like, oh, yeah, so good. So good. I am so relieved. Like the anxiety <laughs> of cooking this red meat. I was like, oh my God, we're going to be talking about how I made dry steak for the girls. <laughs> that's her voice for her this children is a dry steak it was so so good this is like mm-hmm. yeah. what what did you serve it with i'm curious oh i just made mashed potatoes and some green peas just like really mm. simple stuff nice. on the side. I think for summer with a salad, like. I think you're completely yeah. right, oh, Heather. That's so good. A salad. I would want to mm-hmm. cook it a little bit less. Yeah. Because. Just a little. Just a little. I it just was. Feel, it could just be a little bit yeah. more red. And to put that, like you said, on a salad. Oh, yeah. And yeah, that I sauce that. is the dressing. Like you don't need any. No. Yeah, you, that's like, right. That's right. Yeah. It's like a vinaigrette. Like it was, mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect of the rosé as a sauce. Yeah. I was like, what is that going to be? And you'd think when you say you reduce it, that it might be thicker, like it more syrupy, but it really, yeah. it wasn't at all. It was like a no. vinaigrette. Was, oh, yeah, yeah, totally vinaigrette. Again, I would say get that instant read thermometer. This right. is why I yeah. think I've been failing on the red meat mm-hmm. is because right. I don't know enough to really understand the different cuts and the cues that I'm going for. I need right. that thermometer to tell me, take it out. Yeah. Right. And I yeah. think even take it out before it beeps, like keep an eye on it Yeah, and take it out a little, a few degrees before, because as it sits, it continues to cook, right? As you take it out. Right. So take yeah. it out a little bit ahead and you have to kind of play around with that, I think, to figure out at what point you want to take it out. But I found like with the Wellington, I wished I'd yeah. taken it out just a little before it hit that temperature because it continues to cook a bit. Yeah, I noticed like by the time I got it up onto the stove and I was putting it on the board and stuff, the thermometer was already reading like 128, 129 as I took yeah, it out. Like and it I was like, oh, yeah. I know you're still cooking. <laughs> I was really afraid that I was going to cut into it and I was going to have to scream out, it's not even cooked, you donkey. It's raw, <laughs> you donkey. It's raw. <laughs> it's running off the plate. No, it was no. perfect. That it was, was so good. good. It was so good. <gasps> I- I'm writing all this down because I've got two pieces of tenderloin in my <gasps> freezer. And I love the idea of it being with a salad. So I think. Well, go to, go to foodandwine.com. And if it takes a full bottle of rosé then I'd better buy two because I was like well how much of that did you drink because you have to have been drinking it while you're making I feel like you need that while you're making this especially when you're so stressed I know you don't drink but I would have been having the glass of wine as I'm as it's in the oven and I'm waiting to see what happens 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty excited that we just ordered a new shipment of meat from the gal who knows the guy. We're, yeah. I know, I know I've got another tenderloin coming, so I'm going to try yes. something different with it. Oh, are you? Okay. Like I really thought there had to, because the Wellington had so much going on it. It had that mushroom sauce. It had the prosciutto wrapped. I thought like, oh, that's why Heather was was so good and so juicy and tender. Like I really thought like, yeah. what do you mean? Just salt and pepper and oil. <laughs> But and it would, I mean, it would have been good even without the sauce. But I think the reason the, mm. the meat was cooked so simply is because you had that sauce and the pickle, like mm. the pickle yeah. kind of like yeah. just stepped it up. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It was all the little things that were added yeah. to it that made yeah. it that little extra special. So yeah. mm-hmm. get yourself a yeah. couple bottles of rose. Yep. Mm-hmm. Go, go make this <laughs> recipe and, uh, Put it on greens and have Put it on, on your greens. back deck as soon as it warms up outside with a nice chilled glass of rosé with it. Uh, yeah. With your rosé so ice cubes to keep it nice yes. and cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you ladies. I, I really do have to set up this patio now. <laughs> yes. And now for the fine print. We at Three Kitchens gratefully acknowledge we are telling these stories in the traditional territories of the Treaty 7 Nations in Southern Alberta and the Métis Nation of Alberta, Region 3. We honour the rich tradition of oral storytellers on this land who have come before us. You can find pictures and recipe links on Instagram and Facebook at Three Kitchens Podcast. If you like and subscribe on your podcast player, that helps more people find us. That meat is the best meat ever!